Hello, Benjamin. Welcome to your podcast, uh, your Dead Father's Podcast. It's Wednesday, October 19th, and as you know, we are getting uh, priced out of our home. We have this beautiful apartment that we got two years ago. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, COVID was a great time in all of our, in, in my life, at least, mm-hmm. you know, you would just go to, you were there, everybody was dying, people were leaving the city, everybody that was left, nobody could rent their apartments, and you would just show up, and you would go to nice neighborhoods and look at nice apartments, and you go, yeah, I don't know if this is for me, yeah, you can tell that, you can tell your boss at, uh, LB Capital to go fuck his mother because yeah. I don't think I'm actually this is a this this has a backyard I think I want a terrace I think I'm gonna take my rent money that the government sends me somewhere else thank you very much yeah yeah it was right it was great <laughs> I know my stimulus check and my <laughs> my enhanced unemployment um, I didn't do that I was working yeah but, me too it sucked yeah um, nobody was, let me pee anywhere that's all I got out of COVID that's all I remember it's mm-hmm. like learning how to like what you can piss into and what you can't like you can't piss mm-hmm. into a Dunkin Donuts cup and leave it there for my, two, you got to pour it out immediately you can't put my it next uncle to you. <laughs> did you do that my uncle did yeah. that yeah yeah i put it next to me and then i went to move it like uh no i think i went to pee it. i don't know what i did i think i did dump it out and i but i weakened it with the piss and then i went yeah. to pee in it again yeah. and it just went boom That's right so through funny. it yeah my uncle did that he's a private investigator so he just pisses in um Dunkin' Donuts cups all, all day while he's being a fucking snitch for insurance companies. Yeah. He's stalking fucking, people. I like the idea that yeah. somebody listening to this uh, ordered pad thai from Scott during the <laughs> coronavirus lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So we so we were like so so Deb was pregnant. Our landlord was in Bush was selling the building. We were like let's let's move and let's see what we can get. And we looked at a bunch of places in Greenpoint. I remember one time we we were calling a bunch of real estate agents because it was just like yeah let's go look and you know. I got to take a dump. Let's go look at this three bedroom, you know, for 2400 whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we called this one and this, this, this agent was like, do you know when you're moving? And we were like, I don't know. We're flexible. And this girl was like, okay, because a lot of people are looking at places and they're not committed and they're not looking to move right away. And it's not fair to the agents. And it's like, yeah, okay. So like so, um, th- this is, this is, you know, for the first time in your, in your shitty fake job. You have to like do some actual work, you fucking stupid bitch. <laughs> like, like you're so used to being a hot girl who like opens a door and people go, "Yes, I want it. I want it right now. Give it to me right now. Yes, I'll take it." There's no, there's no toilet, but what's? Do you need my father's credit card info or whatever? Like, because you need a guarantor for every fucking. I mean, you do when you're Italian. Your your income is off the books because mm-hmm. uh, you know anti Italian discrimination is. Really rampant in this country. But anyway, so we looked at a bunch of places over there. Uh, you know, this girl with her fake job got upset with us. And then uh, we came over here. We found this apartment. It was listed for twenty nine fifty, which a two-bedroom at Carroll Gardens. I mean, that's a good price, twenty nine fifty. Mm-hmm. Then the the next, like a couple, and we were like, we want, we want this apartment. Deb was like, I definitely want it. The next day, they announced that clinical, like Pfizer has developed a vaccine that will probably be 90% effective or whatever it is. So it was like the initial, it was like the first reporting of any kind of COVID vaccine. Before that vaccine, it was like nobody knew how long this thing was going to, was going to last or what it was going to do. Landlords were writing op-eds that was like, New York is over. It's done. I have to kill myself. And and they were literally writing op-eds that said, New York is dead and it's never coming back. Comedians did that too, right? Did they? Yeah, didn't the uh, well? Also, he's a real estate guy, but that fucking guy—he's a real estate guy. Oh, he is, but he acts like a comic, and then he yeah, yeah. New York, and then didn't Seinfeld go after him or something? Oh, did he? He's like, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, he lives on. I an can still see seventeen-year-olds in Central Park. <laughs> New York is not dead. <laughs> hey, it's still a place you can get underage pussy <laughs> and just be a general piece of shit. You can you can drop in at a comedy club and do and do twenty minutes on candy wrappers. Bump bump everybody else who has to be at work tomorrow. Why do they call it underage? Seems just fun to me. Seinfeld's a guy where it's like if he gets cancer, it'll be very funny. There's there's like people there's people who are pieces of shit where like if something if they like fall if they slip and fall in diarrhea like it's funny. But Seinfeld's a guy where it's like. Just wa- if you watch him like lose his hair and slowly and slowly p- perish, 
Yeah, but that, that's <laughs> It'll not be what's funny because that's anymore. how much of a fucking piece of garbage he but is. But that's not what's happening anymore. It's like these rich people, uh, it, it's all working out now. It's like the yeah. the plastic surgery is getting better. Uh-huh. The hair replacement's getting better. The, the plastic surgery the is steroids really... are getting better. Better. They're fucking injecting. Uh, the plastic surgery is not really there yet, though. Not quite, but dude, it's getting stem cells. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rich are are going to. There is going to be a point, maybe 100, 150 years in the future, yeah. where if you were rich, you're going to get to look 28 forever. Yeah. And if you're poor, you're going to look, you'll age slower, yeah. but damn, you're going to get old. And rich people- See, I don't know. Old. I feel like there has to be some kind of consequence for this For this. Well, yeah, stuff. your insides fall out of your ass eventually, and yeah. you die like everybody else, yeah. but you're going to look nice. I just, I just don't feel like not aging is something you can, you're ever going to be able to pay to not do. You know, you can tell you're like, oh, that's like an old person. It's just her face looks like she got stung by a bee. It's different now. They have like health secrets that I guess we have, but we're too poor to implement, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, like everyone's just boom. Everyone yeah. has abs now. All these old guys, they yeah. look great. Yeah. So anyway, so we so, looked at... Uh, uh, yeah, Seinfeld, uh, he puts his uh, his mind into like uh, a computer and then comics 400 years from now are pitching like, I can't believe I just got bumped by fucking Seinfeld Cyborg again. <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld <laughs> has logged into, logged into the comedy club. <laughs> Hello. It's just a robot at a TV and it's his head and it's like, what's the deal with fruit roll-ups? You don't really roll the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, yes! Oh my god! This guy's been doing the same act for 300 years now. Yeah. Still eating off those residuals. Yeah. It's not that he's, it's not that I want him to get cancer because he's, you know, rich or anything. It's just because he thinks he's like the, the, the god of comedy. Yeah. He thinks he knows everything about comedy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, I think, um, when you get that rich, it's just hard to... It's hard. Especially when you're doing, like, observational, relatable comedy. It's, yeah. It's hard to relate to people's lives when you have a billion dollars. Yeah. So, anyway. So, we look at this place. The place is twenty nine fifty. The vaccine comes out. The, the real estate agent calls us back, and he goes, listen, he's like... Other people in this building are paying thirty eight hundred dollars. Uh, you know, I know the apartment. The apartment is listed at twenty nine fifty, but they're wondering if. And I knew it was because of the fucking vaccine, you know. And I'm like that goddamn fucking vaccine. I hate the vaccine, and that made me an anti vaxxer. That three hundred dollars a month turned me anti vax for the rest of my life. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, so he comes back and he's like, "How about thirty two fifty? And then Deb's Deb is on the in the other room and she's like, "Ask for a two year lease if they're gonna if they want to up the price." Hmm. And I don't know why I'm such a f- pussy with everything. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Oh, you didn't do that? No, I did. No, but it was oh. Deb's idea to oh, be okay. like, ask for if they're going to yeah. up the rent, 300 bucks, ask for a two-year lease. So we got a two-year lease. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever you say, Mr. Mr. Real Estate Agent. Because I'm, I'm just a spineless little worm at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. But, um... So, and we rent, and so we just rent this condo from a family. They're like a family, they're like a Gen X family, and they have two kids. They're Italian. They live in like Rockaway. They moved to Rockaway. And, uh, you know, we, we've been good tenants. Rent has been paid on time every single month. I, I calculated it the other day. Thirty-two fifty times 24 is $78,000. So by the time we move out, we will have paid them $78,000. For nothing. Yeah, you could have bought a yeah. tank and moved in wherever you wanted, you know? Yeah. Just honk the horn. I should have stayed with my parents, saved up $80,000, and bought a tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just own, you know? Yeah. A house. Yeah. For a couple of weeks till the cops kill you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know people, like, say it to be edgy online, but really, like, Chairman Mao did nothing wrong with the no. landlords. No, no. Because what I mean, did he do to landlords? He uh, killed them. <laughs> yeah, he had. If you look it up on Wikipedia, it's like a class aside. He just like launched a mass murder campaign against landlords. No way. <laughs> when he it's took so over funny. China. And what was the idea? <laughs> so funny. Was that you don't need a landlord? Well, you're ki- well, the idea is that you're killing the scum of the earth. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the idea is that you're executing all the worst people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could send. Uh, Anybody who tries to rent in the five boroughs of New York 
back to China in the 1950s, and they would be like, this man is Jesus Christ incarnated. Mm-hmm. He has done nothing wrong whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The average American, is the majority, 51.1% of Americans, I looked this up, this is Census Bureau data, in 2021, 51.1% of Americans spend 30% or more of their income on housing, mm-hmm. which is like the federal standard for cost burden. Twenty-six mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. of Americans spend at least twenty, fifty uh, percent of their income. So one in every mm-hmm. four people, fifty mm-hmm. percent of their income on rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority are cost burdened, thirty percent or more, and that's like we said, it's for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's for a guy who you know inherited a building. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, religious cult that they live in right. decided to buy up a bunch of places in Brooklyn in the uh, turn of the century. Right. And, yeah, it, the, the, you know, they just make all these money for for no reason whatsoever, and yeah. people just can't afford shit anymore, and the homeless problem's going out of control. Right. But, but what sets that tone? Is it the landlords, or is it, like, are, are is, there, is there corporations owning even more land in, like, Manhattan, and they're driving up prices, and then landlords can't do anything about it, you know? Yeah. Well, the after we finish Mike's story, I think the subject of this uh, episode, there's a new article, a new investigation from the journalism outlet ProPublica, which talks about uh, an algorithm that's actually something like 44% of all rental properties in the country as of 2020, even if they're not owned by the same landlords, they're all using the same algorithm to set their, set their rent prices. Mm-hmm. So it's this very crazy situation right now where it's like a cartel, it's like price fixing, but they're not getting in the room together and doing it. They're just all putting their little rental data into the algorithm, and the algorithm is saying, hey, if we all raise rents, you know, 3 5% every year, well, you need a house. Mm-hmm. You can't not. And if, you know, almost half of all the rental properties in the country are on this thing, like, the rent's just going to keep going up. Right. I don't have much else to say about my story, except that the, my landlord is an Italian guy. And I always thought we had a good relationship, and it's just like you're doing this to an- you're pricing out another Italian out of your home. I mean, there's really should be a, a hell that you go to. It, it should you should spend your afterlife in the Olive Garden, yeah, um, where you're raped. No, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I mean, I don't really know what to make of it because I mean, we always like had a good relationship. We paid rent on time. We barely ever spoke to him besides you know the 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 Zell transfer of $3,200 every month mm-hmm. to like, hey, thanks for the money. We didn't, you know, bug him or anything. One time, we had a heat technician come to the house and we weren't home, but whatever. Who cares? Um, but it's just a weird thing because he he emailed us and he was like, I sent you, you know, I sent you a renewal notice. The rent, he wanted it to go up from $3,250 to $3,800. We're like, we don't think, we're already just like stretched so thin here. We don't think we can afford it. And then he was like, "Listen, I just want to let you know, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making a profit off of this. Like, he tried to, like, you know, qualify it, um, and and he's like, you know, I'm just like, we're just losing money on the condo, and we don't know, like, what we want to do if we're gonna sell it. It's not worth it for us to keep it, like, whatever. And Deb and I were like, what choice do we have other other than to be like, yeah, we totally understand, because it's it's like you and your family making this. It's not some corporation. Yeah, it's you. So we were just like." Okay, yeah, we totally understand. Cut to a couple of days later, I'm at the dog park, and one of my neighbors who owns his condo is uh, is at the dog park, and I was like, yeah, we have to move, blah, 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 and he was like, oh, oh, because if, if they're the original owners of that property, they only paid 400000 for that condo, so your rent covers their mortgage, <laughs> your rent more than covers their mortgage. So now I don't even know, like, what, I don't even know, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate or anything, but... It's just kind of like a weird thing because all of our neighbors own, you know, their buildings and we're just like the trash that, you know, doesn't belong here, but we're pretty well liked. So I don't know. But anyway, so it's just a weird thing where it's, it's, it's just this weird, it's just this weird thing where, you know, you always feel as a renter, you always feel kind of powerless to like whatever. And it's not like you don't deserve the the, you don't deserve to be treated well because you're out working and you're putting money in this guy's pocket. So I think that like there's this line of thinking that says like, well, if, you know, you just have to. It's it's because you're poor. It's because you're broke and you don't have the property. And if you get the property, then you can have some say. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to kind of you know, re- like like wrestle with because you're like, yeah, I'm not some like piece of trash that just 
you know, I'm, and it's not even like I'm broke. I'm working and I'm giving you thousands of dollars every month. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This country will make you fucking insane. Because like you were saying, this, you spent $78,000 in rent in the last two years. Yeah. And you have not, like, you have nothing to show for it. Like, yeah. you don't get... It's not like... No equity or hey, anything. Hey, come on. Don't say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like you pay a mortgage. Okay, at the end of your mortgage, mm-hmm. now I own this. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's... In this country, you spend $78,000, and that's nothing, and then you got to spend another quarter million if you get cancer or whatever. Yeah. You just got to spend all this money for all these services that, if not free, should at least be... Not, you know, millions of dollars over your lifetime going yeah. to absolutely nothing because yeah. that's all a landlord is, is a guy with a piece of paper that says I own this building. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is the vast majority of them did not hustle and grind their way no. into owning no. that building. No. They were just born into holding the, owning that building. Yeah. They were born rich and the system is set up so that they get to keep getting more rich. Yeah. Uh, as the rent keeps going up. Yeah. It's such a crazy thing to interact with because, like, I'll tweet about this stuff or I'll make TikTok videos about it. And so, like, you know, I make TikTok videos about, like, my landlord or whatever. And then you'll get comments from people who are like, well, that's your fault. Like, you should own you should own something or you should, like, it, it's my, you know, it's, like, my investments, my property or whatever. And half these people are just people from, like, you know, fucking rock colorado or whatever it was just like some shitty town that like had they had somehow they got ten thousand or whatever for a down payment um you know the average most places in here like this i think this condo is worth like a million dollars or something so a 20 percent down payment would be like you know two hundred thousand i don't have two hundred thousand i don't think you do either no um but I just think I guess what I'm trying to say is everybody in the midwest should die um because you'll you'll tweet about this stuff and I, I tweeted, I was like, imagine what we could have done with that $78,000 uh, instead of giving it to some pedophile. And then, you know, it, the tweet did pretty well. It got a lot of likes. And I made the mistake of reading the replies to it. And uh, the replies were like, well, why don't you move? Like, that's on you. Like, get a house. You sound broke. And all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, well, actually, I'm not. Actually, I'm not broke. I make twice as much money as you do. And um, so by your metric of, of measuring people, which I don't measure people that way, but you measure people that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I are better than you. <laughs> I just want to let you know. You're a Ohio piece of fucking scum. If you want to really judge people by that, by that metric, I, I, I'll, catch, I'll take a flight to fucking Columbus right now and I'll spit in your face. And I'll give your kid the middle finger. Oh. My baby will give your baby the middle finger. Right. No, the replies are all just being like, you know, actually, I love it when the landlord comes over and fucks my wife. I love he's, it. Yeah. He's so he, because entitled. Because he's better than me. He's better than me. No, because Because he has a piece of paper yeah. that says he owns yeah. my property. Yeah. So, of course, he yeah. can do prima noctis on my wife whenever he wants. That's the price I pay to be around greatness. He, just, what... gets to, he just gets to fuck my wife in the ass every, every, every month. <laughs> he just gets so. to... Fuck my wife and not address the roach problem yeah. and leave black mold in my bathroom because yeah. he is the king and I am just a mere serf and that's what American freedom is all about. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to maintain that that sense of um, solidarity, you know, even when you do get to a, even like even when you do get to a place where you're like, oh, I put, I saved up and I put this down payment on my house. I think it's hard for those people to empathize with people who are not in that position. Yeah. No, no, because homeowners are pieces of shit and they never go like, oh, I'm really lucky to have this. They go, no, I worked my ass off and fuck you. Yes. Otherwise nothing's real. Yeah. yeah. Well, you live in Indiana, okay? We could nuke that entire state and it would be a news story for maybe a week and a half. Uh, but you no, know, what you're saying is very interesting there because it's so important about the down payment mm-hmm. because right now we're going through a rental crisis where mm-hmm. nobody has any fucking money for a down payment. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I got this survey, um, from the rewards app Pinata. This was written up on, uh, gobankingrates.com, but this, uh, rewards app Pinata, they did a survey in 2022 and it found that 64% of renters that were pulled in the United States say they are not able to save any money at all right now, let alone a down payment. Uh, the survey further found that 30% of respondents, these are 30% of renters in the United States have taken out a loan before to help pay rent and half Jesus of those Christ. respondents had done so within the last year. 
So that's like 64% of people who say, I'm renting, I cannot save anything right now. Yeah. Because the only way to escape from renting is to save up a down payment. And like most banks, you got to have your job for like, depends, maybe three to five years. Mm -hmm. If you have three to five years of consistent income, they'll loan you money, Mm -hmm. but then you need the down payment, which is usually like 20%. Yeah. So you want to buy, you know, a uh, even a two hundred thousand dollar condo. It's forty mm-hmm. grand, twenty percent of that. Yeah. So you got to put together forty grand, and like, yeah, yeah and most two th- almost two thirds of Americans just can't do that. No, mm-hmm. most people the way they um the may the way they acquire like a mass of money in terms of like oh now I could put a down payment on something is their family members die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all inheriting money. Yeah, and, and I'm a little annoyed money for an injury. Like it's all like winning the lottery. And then you can buy your house. And my grandmother, she was born in 1926. Mm-hmm. So that makes her, what, like 97, I think? I think she just turned 97. Can you... What do you do? What? Stop! What just, yeah, like... I think I get like 20 grand or something when she dies. But it's just like, what do you do? You're, she's watching the the five on Fox News all day and just being <laughs> mad. That just 20 fucking, grand will disappear so quickly, It'll disappear though. so quick, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you'll be like, wait, where's my grandma? Yeah, Yeah. blinded by the twenty (laughs) thousand. I'm just doing cocaine. I'm like, you just wake up three weeks later without it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah, like thirty thirty percent of of Americans have engaged in a murder plot in order to pay their rent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a weird. It's a weird thing, and people don't. You don't really hear these. You don't hear conversations like this in in mainstream media or even like uh, other types of media because people who work in media are all rich. That's why we have a duty to do what we're doing and that's why we can't do it without your money from patreon i know you guys make even less money than we do but i need you to go on patreon right now patreon.com slash out for smokes pod make your account and support us give us five bucks a month you can get uh an, ep- an extra episode every single week sorry what were you saying there notice notice how though we're not doing ads yeah we're not going hey check out this underwear that you know Check out this underwear that that uh, erases DNA evidence when you commit a rape. <laughs> hey, doggy, it's Louis Jacob. <laughs> it's called it's called case dismissed underwear. <laughs> hey, oh yeah, so uh, they're over at case dismissed underwear. They're really doing something really exciting. Um. <laughs> All right. They nice. also like stop. They say by, ha- but uh, after the two thousand eight like crisis, uh, there's like they're not really building houses like they used to. No, they're not. And that's you know there are people who will make the point that we're not building houses like uh, we used to. And there's this group online called the Yimbies, the Yes in My Backyards, and they really want to upzone and build more houses. And that's all fine. What is Yes in My Backyard? Like build in my backyard? It's. The, it's uh, it's supposed to be oppositional to this old expression "nimby," not in my backyard, which is um, you know George Carlin has some some bits about it, and uh, but but the idea is, and you see this again and again. Anybody who owns property becomes basically a fascist in this country. Brother, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, we talked about my father like shooting squirrels, right? Like mm-hmm. it got to like you, you forget the gun ownership that like where it's like, oh yeah, you go hunting, but then there's gun owners who are like, I will kill anything that steps on my pro. Like they, you yeah. pretend it's your country. Yeah. Uh, so many people pretend that their property is their country, and they just want to yeah. harm anything. Yeah. That yeah. goes in it. But okay. Well, it's funny because I was at Skankfest this weekend, and I was listening to like two comics, two comics who were like, um, you know, who are both uh, who I'm friendly with. But they're both doing better, you know, financially than me. And they were talking about Nick owning. Nick Mullen and Tim Dillon. <laughs> no, it was Penn no. and Teller. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. so how many? <laughs> okay, uh, they're doing better than you financially. How many comics at Skankfest do we want to list? Yeah, pretty much Just all like of them. Go the entire line. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't even, even want to share that story. But they were talking about you know their houses. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I have to believe that uh, if I don't have money i just won't be a piece of shit i'll say this though i saw some videos of like you know people in la like like it'll be like a person in your pool and they're like refusing to leave your pool or something Mm. i think you're allowed to shoot a person who's refusing to leave your fucking pool i don't care when have you seen that though it just happened that's what i'm I'm just saying i saw it in la just happened and and they were the cops were like you gotta go and then she's like no and everyone's just standing around and it's like okay maybe you shouldn't be able to shoot someone but i'm grabbing a bitch by the hair and dragging around in my pool if she's in my you can't use my pool 
if you don't live in my house. You know, legally, if you... Okay, if simp. You, dude, this is this is how Scott reveals he's CIA. <laughs> 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 we have to shoot him like Wesley Snipes well, in no, that no, meme. no, 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 because I know I said no, I know the property you right, thing, and right. I said my dad would shoot animals. I don't it's understand like, that. Uh, you're trying to be relatable. But if you're yeah. trying to, like, break into my house, you get shot in the face. Yeah. That's allowed. Yeah. Okay. But no one's trying to break into your house. No, 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 I know. But I, I wanted to make that clear because then, you know, someone I, goes, I actually, I oh, feel. Oh, but you, you you don't care about property. I care about property in the sense that I do not think somebody should be allowed to live yeah. in your house who isn't no, you. No, I, I genuinely feel bad for anyone who tries to break into your house. <laughs> yeah. What is that shit called? What is that? Uh, Castle Doctrine. Castle Doctrine. No, like, uh, no, what? Wait, what's Castle Doctrine? What's Castle that? Doctrine what's is in the, the United States, you can legally kill people who break into your house. Oh, I didn't even mean that, though. I just meant, when, like, you know, when someone is in your house, like, L.A. has those things. Home invasion? No, when someone, like, uh, like say you went away for a week, and then you come... <laughs> Burglary? And you, and you come back, someone's living in your house? What is that? Squatter. Called? Squatter. A fucking squatter. Yeah. Yeah, you should be allowed to grab a squatter by the hair and drag their ass. Uh-huh. And you're crazy. Imagine you came home, yeah. and it's you, Deb, and the baby, and someone's living here because you went away for a month. Yeah. What, what would you do, Mike? Um, I don't think that would happen. I know, but what would you do? Yeah, you should, yeah, you should, you should be, be able, able to grab a motherfucker by the hair and drag him out. Are you nuts? Yeah. And you have a kid? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. They can sue you. It's, yeah. it's why you have to go through the eviction process and get the sheriffs to do it. Sure, so, sure, but- sure. But yes. Wait a minute, so you're saying that I can just live in someone's <laughs> house? <laughs> and then they have to... Yeah. Wait, know. what happens though if I just stay here and uh, and stop paying rent? They have to go through the courts. Mm-hmm. Like, which you can, takes like a long time, You right? can do it for a long time. They'll just destroy your credit, which is what they hold over They'll you. destroy your credit. Yeah, but if you... Like, you know, I know people who've just not paid rent since COVID started, mm-hmm. and... If your credit's fucked, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You can just save all that money, and then it's very difficult to get you out, depending yeah, on the Yeah, but doesn't Jake Flores have to pay that money back? <laughs> just like, he spends it on OnlyFans. <laughs> just all the money he was going to spend on rent. <laughs> yeah. I was just imagining, like, Scott trying to be a tough guy. Like, listen to me. If you come into the house that my girlfriend owns, I will fucking kill you. Now, look at this. I'm getting a text from Adam Freeland right now. Yeah. I want to see if you wanted to come on our pod. I go, tonight? He goes, yeah. Motherfucker, I... I yeah, dog, it is 7.09. Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyway, yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, obnoxious. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I think it's a power move. No, yeah. it's not. I think it's just like if you don't have anything to do, come on by. It, it's a no pressure thing, but you feel pressure because you yeah. you would love to go do it. That's no, but cool. it 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 pays pretty good. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, um, it's like a hundred and app, right? Well, I don't know if they raised it. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's face. <laughs> with the, with the, oh wow, okay. Um, yeah, he he should show you the common courtesy of at least pretending you might have a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you 48 hours heads up, yeah, just yeah, out yeah. of respect. Yeah. Just dangling that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't want to say how much it is, but yeah. <laughs> just dang- anyway. Um, oh, did, I did want to say two things, though. Like the NIMBY thing, the not in my backyard. This is a phenomenon where, you know, everybody who owns like a house, they get all fucking crazy about their house values and they always want their house values to go up. So they don't want any homeless shelters. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. They don't want any drug rehab clinics anywhere near their house and they don't want big multifamily developments anywhere near their house. Um, oh, yeah. Dave, they were calling Dave Chappelle one of those recently. Yeah. Right? NIMBY. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I, I do always. Yeah. I think it's very interesting where when we talk about, let's say, white racism or, you know, reactionary whites or whatever, it's always portrayed as these poor Trump voting folks. But the reality, the actual people with power are the people who own property. Yeah. And those are, you know, mostly California liberals or these people who own nice, expensive houses. They will show up to the meetings and they will demand the politicians not put a homeless shelter anywhere near them. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But then, you know, there's also like just. In terms of our position, you know, people who... They, they act like someone said, hey, we're going to build a homeless shelter inside your ass. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I remember there was a guy who didn't want a tattoo shop being put in my house, in my in mm. my town, because mm. he thought it would, like, destroy the neighborhood if yeah. there was a tattoo shop. Yeah. Now we got two. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, because I guess that line of thinking comes from, like, your, you know, your property, your property value. I remember... Um, long time ago there there's there's one porno store in our town and they wanted to put an addition on this porno store already existed and they wanted to like expand it 
And then a bunch of people went down to City Hall and they were like, no! And like my grandmother and my uncle were two of the people that, that went down. And I think, and obviously, like, it's probably just people who were worried about their, the, pro- the property value of their houses. Mm-hmm. But I think my, my family is so fucking stupid that they actually thought something bad was going to happen because my grandmother was like, you know, they played audio of Ted Bundy saying that porn made him a serial killer. Right. And it's like, oh, that's, that's good. That's cool that you trust Ted Bundy, the serial killer. You took him at his word, you fucking retard. God, I hate her so much. What if she dragged your had- uncle there because he jerks off too much and she's like, yeah, if maybe. you add more, yeah. he'll kill himself. <laughs> Look at his he'll dick. Jerk it's off raw. to death. <laughs> Brian, Brian, pull your pants down. Yeah. It's raw. It's raw. You're going to add more videos to this store? No, thank you, sir. I love my son. <laughs> I did use his real name. His name is Brian Sullivan, folks. A quick, a quick no, Google search will reveal his address, phone number, and you can harass him as much as you want because he's addicted to masturbating. So if he's dealing with people harassing him, it's it's just another minute he won't spend jerking his little pig dick. <laughs> but um, oh, and just the other thing, you know. So our our position, which is people who rent but spend all our money on on rent, that's not even the bottom, and that's the fucked up thing about this system. You know, like Carlin has that bit: the the poor are there to scare the shit out of the middle class, keep them showing up to those jobs. And that's the reality where, in addition to all these rent prices going crazy, evictions have gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's that uh, book, Evicted, uh, talks particularly about Milwaukee. Milwaukee is one of the worst eviction rates in the nation. 10% of the population of Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee, 10% get evicted every year. And that's insane. Like, one in every 10 people. Because what happens is, as soon as you get your first eviction, your credit's fucked, so majority of landlords will just not take you, and then you get thrown into this world of just slumlords, where that's the only place you can live, and these people will throw you out at the drop of the hat, and, you know, I mean, a lot of those, it's it's complicated in that a lot of those landlords are not even doing that great themselves, you know, obviously some of them are making a killing, but it's it's just this this really insane system where eviction throwing people out on the street and making them homeless is like a disciplinary mechanism to keep the rest of us paying, you know, 50% of our incomes in rent. Yeah. Yeah, how do you not pay 50% of your income in rent? Well, do you know the percentage of rent in New York City? Yeah. Like, I, it I, went up, because I, I know New Orleans, it was like, what, 49% or some shit? What do you mean? Like, rent went up 49%. Oh, yeah, I, I've got a, a fair number of statistics here, but uh, uh, the, the, the most striking one for New York... And that's kind of the main focus of rents in this episode, but the trend is replicated in every major U.S. city. But in New York, in 2010, when the the rent is too damn high guy went viral Mm -hmm. uh, for that, for he was running for governor, his name's Jimmy McMillan, he he did that rant about the rent is too damn high, and it went viral, and it was funny, he's an entertaining guy. The median rent in 2010 in New York City at that time for a one bedroom was $1,681. Mm-hmm. His original slogan was the goddamn Jews are bugging. <laughs> They're like, "All right, we like this, but But so, yeah, median rent in New York 2010 $1,681. Uh, 2022, according to citylimits.org, median rent in New York one bedroom $3,267. So that's n- just over a decade. Rent which has would almost be fine, doubled. Which would be fine if minimum wage was like $35 an hour. Right. Like, you'd like things just go up. But but wages have basically stagnated right over the past 30. I mean, everybody kind of knows this, but yeah. we all we all have the understanding. We're all on the same page here, right? The wages have stagnated yes. for the last like 30 or 50 years or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a college degree, real wages have gone down. Mm-hmm. And if you have a college degree, they've just been flat for, mm-hmm. you know decades now yeah or you could start a moving company (laughs) you could ruin your body but um but yeah it's interesting to think about because like what i what i've read the couple articles that i read they said that um there's not the problem is there's a housing crisis because there's not a there's not enough of a supply Mm -hmm. um which and a lot of stuff i read was kind of surface level sort of you know like it didn't get into the stuff that we're that you're going to get into, yeah. but they said that there's not much of a supply, and then every time they want to build affordable housing, there's all these zoning laws, and there's the the, the the it has to get approved by the city council or whatever, and then 
these these like boomers go and they go to these city council meetings and they go, we, we don't need affordable housing, and uh, or or like whatever it is. So it's like there's areas that are zoned specifically for you know single family homes, and if somebody wants to build you know a building that that has affordable units in it, it gets shut down by by these boomers, which made me think that. I, and so I started laughing. I was like, what if there was like some kind of boomer holocaust that we had? Like if we had some kind of like Gen Z Hitler who was like, if you're over the age of 60 and your net worth is is over $200,000, you, you have to go to a gas chamber. And you just have people like, just people in Under Armour, just like old guys in Under Armour hats being like, I want to talk to the manager. And you're like... Yeah, actually, the manager is in this oven over here, and that's the only—that's a solution because we want to offer solutions, you know. <laughs> so one solution that I thought of is just having a, a boomer holocaust. <laughs> yeah, there'd be property to have, I guess. Yeah. Shit. But uh, it's it's funny because I guess the percent, I, I guess, and I don't know if that's even like reliable information or not, but people think that. Uh, if you build affordable housing in their neighborhood, their property value will go down. Yeah. Um, Sometimes if the neighborhood's nice enough, it like it no longer becomes affordable. Like, I mean, you're talking about actual, like, contain, like, like affordable housing, like, uh, the rent can't reach a certain amount, right? Because, I mean, yeah. apartment complexes are built in nice neighborhoods, and they're mad about that, too. And those right. cost a lot of money, and yeah. pe- people get mad, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so the thing is, if somebody, if there's a, if there's an area that's zoned for like single family homes, mm-hmm. and then somebody says, hey, what if we built an apartment building that had like you know fifty units or whatever, that has to get approved by the city council, and then what happens is the people in that neighborhood they show up and they go like, over my fucking dead body, you know, they're they're just they're just people who, you know, their husband takes Viagra. And they uh, they just make a lot of noise about it, so that's one of the reasons why. From what I, from what I've read, that's one of the reasons why the housing supply is low because they're not able to build more housing because These of boomers. Die. Yeah, yeah, and the the supply stuff is part of it, but part, I think yeah. the reality is financialization, which we'll get to this article in just yeah. a second here. But also after the two thousand eight financial crisis. You know, there were 10 million foreclosures, almost entirely illegal. But that's what happened Mm -hmm. when, you know, everybody who bought those houses for no money down or whatever, um, they uh, ended up owing more than their house was worth and all that stuff. There were about 10 million foreclosures under Obama. And the people who bought those houses were mostly the same banks that got bailed out, like Blackstone, BlackRock, Bank of America. All these houses, of course, you know, with the the 2008 crisis, housing values collapsed. So all these banks were able to buy up the houses for cheap, evict anybody still in them, and then they flipped them into rentals. Like uh, Blackstone, one of the largest investment companies in the world, as of 2021, they have $880 billion in assets under management. $880 billion. Uh, They pioneered this particular market, single-family rental securities. Like with the 2008 financial crisis, you heard about um, mortgage-backed securities. So if somebody gets a mortgage, they'll take a bunch of mortgages and they'll chop them up and they'll sell them to Wall Street as um, as investments. Well, Blackstone in, uh, I believe, 2012, 20, no, 2013, they came up with the idea of doing this with rent mm-hmm. for single-family rent. They have single-family rental-backed securities mm-hmm. where... Uh, That's a relatively new thing, right? Yeah. It's... Um, uh, it's it only goes back to like 2013 and uh, yeah SFRs were first I'm I'm reading this from advisorperspectives.com SFRs were first launched in 2013 issuance was slow to pick up but then last year 2021 there were 18.4 billion dollars in sales of SFRs mm-hmm. so people who can't afford to buy a single family home but they have to rent well their rent all gets packaged up and then sold to Wall Street investors. And it just, it, it has a very perverse incentive. A lot of journalists have written about this, where if, if you're a Wall Street investor and you're buying a bond, and the money that comes out of that bond depends on people paying their rent, well, first of all, you want maintenance expenses to be the absolute minimum. 
Mm-hmm. You don't want them going in there and checking for black mold every month or cockroaches or whatever. You want to say, we're going to spend as little on this shit as possible. And you want their rent to go up X percent every year. You want to get more for your money. And that's exactly what, you know, people like uh, Laura Gottsteiner is a journalist and uh, there have been others for the uh, various publications who've written about, like, what happens when Wall Street becomes your landlord. Because they go into these places, or after 2008, they went in to places like Atlanta and Charlotte, North Carolina, like uh, Laura Gottsteiner wrote in uh, Mother Jones magazine in, in 2014. In Charlotte, North Carolina, um, Blackstone subsidiary at that time, Invitation Homes, raised rents by as much as a third and filed eviction proceedings against nearly 10% of its renters, according to the Charlotte Observer. Mm-hmm. So they just bought up all these houses and then just went crazy evicting people and raised all the rents. So. Mm-hmm. And that makes housing more afford- unaffordable, which... And this turn- is all just done by somebody, like, on a computer, being like... Yeah, literally then, that. Yeah. And, you know, the the thing with these algorithms is it totally removes the human element. Because maybe at some point you would have a landlord who would say, I, I value community, I like to have families that I know in my building. Mm-hmm. But when this is all just done by algorithm, yeah. they don't give a shit. Yeah. They just want the percentage to go up every year. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, we've, we're just in this very crazy situation. But while you were talking, yeah. while you were talking there, mm-hmm. I read uh, this, or I was reading this Epoch Times article about Chairman Mao, uh-huh. which Epoch Times, they're owned by Fulan Gong, so they, uh, they hate the Chinese Communist Party, and it's mostly propaganda, so you don't even know how reliable this is. Okay. But basically, they say Chairman Mao, when he took power, said 30 million landlords would have to die. And then, depending on the estimate, something from like just like which is like not even that many people in China. <laughs> depending on the estimate, maybe one to four point five million landlords were and their families were killed, according to the Epoch oh, Times. Fuck. Which is like, I don't know. I was just reading that and like hearing the Rocky music in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <Ba-ba-ba-ba>. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, so not everybody killed then was an actual, like, landlord, landlord. But you can Mm. understand the popular anger when these people are just bleeding us dry right now Mm. and nothing is being done to fix it. Nothing's being done to fix it. Yeah, so it's like, in some ways, if if the people who own the fucking property are not going to solve this problem, eventually... There will emerge from history a Chairman Mao figure who I will solve it. I fucking hope so. I'll do it. All yeah. right, I'll do it. Um, you know what's really funny? I Deb sent me to look at a place the other night, and it's like a place in this neighborhood. It was a two bedroom for three thousand a month. She was like, "Look at this place because it's a good, it's a good price." So I go and I look at the place. The landlord's this kind of weird autistic Italian guy, um, and uh, but the place it was you know good space. And then right before I leave, he's like, "Oh, there is a broker's fee." I'm like, the fucking broker is, you showed me the apartment. The broker's not even here. And I, so I texted the broker. I'm like, what? And I, I'm a, I'm, my tone is like, I said something to the broker. I didn't because I'm a coward. But I texted the broker. I said, just out of curiosity, what's the broker's fee? And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, it's one, it's one month rent. Yeah. So the apartment was listed for 3000 Exactly. So I, what I should have said was, and I don't know why I always do this. I always think of the perfect thing to say. But I, sh- but I should have been like, Okay, so what is the service you're providing me for $3,000? What are you doing for me? I'm paying you $3,000, and what do I get? All you're going to do is run my credit and, like, tell me yes or no. I'm sorry. I'm just airing a little. No. That's not really related to what we were talking about. But it's true. I was just feeling mad about something, and I wanted to bring it up. Well, when when the housing market was a little better in New York, the rental market... The landlords would pay the broker's fee a lot of the time. Yeah. But right now, because shit is so crazy, yeah. almost every property is a broker's fee. Yeah. So you got one month broker fee, first month's rent, security deposit. So mm-hmm. like thirty two hundred dollar rent, you're mm-hmm. paying about ten grand. To move. To move. Yeah. To oh, and that's not even including renters. Let's say another grand or sorry, movers. Yeah. Another grand or so for movers. Well, I don't pay movers, but <laughs> But yeah, I'll move this entire apartment by my fucking self, <laughs> <laughs> and I probably will. I'll hire some kids in my building. I'll hire two eight-year-olds to help me. Me and two eight-year-olds and move this apartment. <laughs> yeah, no, but the last time we moved, I almost lost my fucking mind because the the old apartment was just like full of all of. Let's be honest, Deb's shit. It 
was full of all my wife's shit. I didn't. I had to clean it up. It's like a training montage of like just cutting the heads off various fruits and yeah, putting bullets through the backs of uh, people uh, holding the keys to yeah. show you your apartment. Yeah, I really do feel like there's a, there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be a big correction coming. Maybe not today. Or maybe not. You know, but what would it, I don't two know, years I don't from think now? That's gonna happen. Well, I think the more boomers die off, hopefully. Yeah, but don't, be... you don't notice this like new type of rich that has more money than everybody? Yeah. Like yeah, you know, like okay, you go to the airport, you could see like what levels of wealth are in an airport, right? Like yeah. not just first class, but even the way you board, there's mm-hmm. like priority, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But then I saw something. I don't even know what it was called, but each person was escorted by their own little. They went through the gate with them. They went to the thing, and then they left them once they were at their flight. Oh, yeah. Those people are handicapped. No, they weren't handicapped. They were like wealthy, wealthy people. Uh-huh. And eventually, everywhere is going to provide a service for people who have more money, yeah. uh, and then they're going to realize all they need is those people who have this insane amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we're shit out of luck. Yeah. So this whole building will just be owned by one guy. Wait, what did you like, see? I get to have a, f- a, f- a 100 room house. <laughs> and he's just going to live in it and run yeah. around, him and his family. Yeah. That's like everybody on my fucking block in Jersey City. And the media will be we, like, meet the 12 year old who has a, t- a 100 room house. Yeah. We live in an apartment building, but now people are buying up apartment buildings and it's just for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Wayne's World 2, he just lives in a factory. Yeah. Where like you could convert a factory to. Store people. They mm-hmm. did that somewhere in uh, off the Parkway in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Some old factory is now like the lofts, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you can live there for. Oh yeah, a, yeah. They're, they're like, there's a movie theater here. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, guys died in there. Yeah, you know, box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. People lost their limbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing more repulsive because I was looking because we're looking at apartments a lot. There's nothing more repulsive than like one of those buildings. One of those like faux luxury buildings hmm. in like Bed Stuy or Crown Heights, like in a in a low income neighborhood, and they have like a movie theater and like a mural of Biggie on the in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> just, that makes me like so sick. I, I think I have more respect for uh, for like you know the people on Epstein's plane than I. Yeah, do for- I respect the people who put like the giant lion statue on their yeah. in front of their mansion. You yeah, know? yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, rich people don't even have any fucking taste anymore. No. Like I went to that Cloisters Museum uh-huh. in uh North Manhattan. It's pretty beautiful, but that was that was a uh, Rockefeller. I think John D. Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just spent all this money to make this museum and he got a bunch of cloisters and old artifacts from monasteries and such in France from like, you know, the thirteen, fourteen hundreds, moved them all to Manhattan to like very north Manhattan, um, and just made it a museum. It's like no, they don't fucking do that anymore. Yeah, they just you know. Yeah, they don't really they don't really give back anymore like they used to. Right, which they is even to, that, yeah. and even that's yeah. not a solution. No, it's but not. It, it just shows that there's no sense whatsoever that mm-hmm. they live in a wider society. They like we are, yeah. you know, when when you see a fucking. Uh, let's say a fruit fly mm-hmm. near your bananas mm-hmm. and you just kill it that's what one percent of the country thinks about the rest of us basically yeah. we are fruit flies yeah in their banana bowl yeah. if they think about us at all yeah it's so funny too because you think about that stuff because i i saw some video once about the medicis and like the medicis were a very wealthy banking family in florence but they also funded a lot of like art and they were like very interested in in their impact on the world Mm -hmm. even though they were like a very wealthy family their their wealth was only the equivalent of like 5.6 billion compared to you know bezos and elon musk are like 200 billion yeah but the richest people now don't even jeff bezos won't even build like a community like build a fucking community center (laughs) build build a have a building where where black teenagers can get their dick sucked after school so that they're not like shooting each other like do one little fucking thing do one thing for people but you don't hear any you don't hear anything about that yeah so i just feel like the level of income inequality is it's got to be worse than it ever than it ever was it's just a very different country like in world war ii uh jimmy stewart the actor yeah he flew a b-17 bomber over france and germany 
Like early World War II, that was 20% death rate to be in a B-17 when the Luftwaffe was still around. And it's just, there's not that sense from, let's say, millionaires and billionaires that they have, that they He's should just put... bombing, like, civilian targets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, well, sucks for you. Sucks for you, pal. <laughs> oh, they were krauts. They deserve to burn. <laughs> here's, here's some bombs courtesy of the U.S. of A. <laughs> just bombing a, a little German <laughs> mountainside village that makes chocolate. <laughs> It's like the the ghosts of Christmas future or whatever are showing him like little German girls going to school. He's like, no, no, I could have killed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that is an interesting point because it's like you can't, can you imagine like, I mean, who's even, imagine John Mulaney, you know? Yeah. But that's also kind of bullshit, right? Like, did he fly the planes or did he sign no, he up? Did. And, he yeah, did. and he and, took some pictures. And, you know, like, I, like I, Elvis didn't go to war. I, I, po- I posted that on Twitter, and, you know, people rightly pointed out, you can't call, like, Jimmy Stewart the ruling class. Like, a bunch of baseball players, like, all the famous athletes, mm-hmm. most of them went to World War II, and lots of actors, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, the actual, like, owners and runners of the country. Right. But but even, at least it's, like, a symbolic Yeah. I mean, it's, thing. like, even a day, you know, like, fucking Tom Cruise or any of these fucking people. The only one yeah. that's a close analog is Pat Tillman, the NFL mm-hmm. star, signed up after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And then he was fragged in Afghanistan by his squad, probably because he was going to blow the whistle on heroin trafficking, um, which is a crazy story. I do recommend people look it up. But he was mm. absolutely fragged by his own uh, Green That's murdered. Yeah, when uh, in Vietnam, when you when they would kill their officers, they called it fragging. They would just like throw a frag grenade into the tent or whatever and pretend you know the Vietnamese got him. Um, but it also is now used to say any situation where soldiers kill another soldier intentionally for whatever reason. Hmm. But anyways, yeah, who's like the most famous? I mean, like Harry Styles. <laughs> I guess but who's so. like a celebrity that you you could go to war, and and pro, like who's eligible to go to war? Hmm. Miles Teller. Yeah. yeah, Bieber would have been huge. What's that? Bieber would have been a big one. Pete Davidson. Yeah, perfect example. Pete Davidson should Pete be. Has to go to Russia. He should be in. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> World War Three. Ah, uh, these Russians are like shooting at me. Uh, so are these are these guys like Nazis or something? <laughs> yeah, that guy's not going to war. Yeah, but uh, with the time we have left, I can run through some highlights of this article. Oh sure. hell yeah, let's yeah. do it, man! So this is a ProPublica article. This is just an investigation they did from the last week. I'll have the link to the article in the description. I very much recommend people read it. It's very fascinating, but the article's called Rent Going Up, One Company's Algorithm Could Be Why. It's by Heather Vogel, Haru Kornine, and Ryan Little. The, and it's about this Texas company called RealPage and their rent algorithm software called YieldStar. And as I mentioned earlier, as of like 2020, it's probable that 44% of all rental units in the United States are using this algorithm. The algorithm is landlords, they put all their little lease information, which is not public information, but they put the information of like, how many tenants do I have in the building? What are they paying on the lease? Not what I'm advertising, not what I'm showing the public. What are they actually paying? Because it might be less or more. It can be both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so they put all this kind of non-private information to the algorithm and then the algorithm collects all that from almost half of all rentals in the country and they set prices and a big thing about the algorithm is that they learned that you could take a higher vacancy rate in order to raise rents and actually make more money because landlords in particular before the algorithm used to be very conscious about like trying to keep like 98 percent vacancy but what uh, what the algorithm and the people behind it found was you could take like 93, 94, 95% vacancy as long as you're raising rents. Like, you will actually make more money. Oh, okay. yeah. You Okay. That makes sense. Because that's what I heard. I, to- I reached out to a friend of mine who's a real estate agent, and she was like, yeah, it's terrible. All these apartments are, are remaining vacant, and landlords are refusing to come down on the rent. So you can have... So you, so you get to a point where you own so many properties that you have more vacancy. Right. And you don't, it's fine it because the you. rents are high enough. Right. I mean, it's, it's... Why don't they just stop being cunts? 
I mean, it's literally using an algorithm, using software to yeah. create a price-fixing cartel. Because yeah. we do want to offer solutions. I think because you said, like, it's tough when your landlord is, like, a huge corporation. Mm-hmm. But usually there's somebody at that corporation that you're dealing with, some guy named, like, Peter or whatever. So I th- what I think you should do is every email that you send to Peter, you go, hey, Peter, I just want to let you know that, like, you're a faggot. And you are, <laughs> and I hate you. And then hopefully Peter receives so many of those emails that he does a workplace shooting. <laughs> and then you get a little bit of, you know. Right. That'll knock down the property value. Knock a down bit. the property value yeah. a little bit. If we can, what if we just do 9 11 again and then yeah. New York will become affordable? Was New York affordable after 9 11? Yeah. Sean, it's not, it's not the, the worst idea. <laughs> I never considered that. A lot of people moved out of the city after 9 11, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, rents were pretty. They did come down because everybody was terrified. Because then they did, again. they did anthrax and the snipers, and everybody was sure. like, "Yeah, you know, they thought it. They yeah, they were going to strike again." Mm-hmm. Wow, bring it on, Russia! Just yeah, don't I, hit that's too what close I'm, to I'm my almost, place. I'm almost rooting for like, yeah, like a nuke attack. No, 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 no. something like that where it's unlivable, <laughs> Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's not like, oh, I can't live here. Nobody gets to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but some kind of big, some kind of big, yeah. When you think about it, 9-11 was the perfect terrorist attack. Yeah. No notes. No <laughs> notes, boys. <laughs> you did a great job. Uh, it's so funny how uh, like sinister uh, you get in terms of talking about landlords and rent. <laughs> I know. I just, it's just, I'm just having a tough, I don't know, I'm just having a tough time. Uh, but from the ProPublica article, like they, they looked at a bunch of different neighborhoods. One neighborhood in Seattle, Belltown, ProPublica found 70% of, the ar- of all apartments there were overseen by just 10 property managers, every single one of, you, of whom used the pri- pricing software sold by RealPage. So 70% of apartments in just one neighborhood all on the same software. And the guy who designed this software was a guy named Jeffrey Roper, and he was actually the guy who helped airlines fix prices in the 1980s, mm. early, late 80s, early 90s. Um, it just, again, quoting from the uh, uh, ProPublica article. Jeffrey, now, if you don't mind me asking, just because so, I have an idea, yeah. price fixing is when they all get together and they go, hey, instead of a loaf of bread being $4, let's do $8. Right. It's like an artificial... Yeah, and this is so, the idea behind capitalism when it's working is that various sellers compete to lower the price to the absolute minimum where they can make a buck, Mm -hmm. and this drives down the price. Right. And uh, hardcore libertarians and guys like Thomas Sowell, the economist, they will tell you price fixing is impossible, because if you get eight people together, one of them is always going to fuck the others. Right. Because he's going to see some opportunity to make money. Right. But we just don't observe that in the real world. Right. The reality is... If you get, let's say, an industry owned by eight people, mm-hmm. and they all get in a room together and say, hey, let's just set this at a minimum, they can actually keep that agreement going for a pretty long time mm-hmm. until they eventually get caught. And now with software, they don't even have to be in algorithms. They don't even have to be in the room together. Mm-hmm. They can just all use the same algorithm, and the algorithm can say, hey, rent goes up 3% every year, mm-hmm. and we have houses, people need houses. They can't live on the fucking street. They yeah. will accept 3% every year. Yeah. Um, but the article in ProPublica, Jeffrey, uh, quoting from it, Jeffrey Roper was Alaska Airlines Director of Revenue Management when it and other major airlines began developing price-setting software in the 1980s. Competing airlines began using common software to share planned routes and prices with each other before they became public. The technology helped head off price wars that would have lowered p- ticket prices, the Department of Justice said. The Department of Justice said the arrangement may have artificially inflated airfares, estimating the cost to consumers at more than a billion dollars between 1988 and 1992. The government eventually reached settlements or consent degrees for price fixing with eight airlines, including Alaska Airlines, all of which agreed to change how they used the technology. So the guy who did this price fixing software for the airlines, which the Department of Justice made them stop doing mm. is now the guy who designed the software that's used by maybe 44% of all rentals in the United States. Yeah. And they just kind of go through throughout the article about how you can even look at neighborhoods or sorry, cities where the landlords are not primarily on this software and rents have actually gone up slower. So yeah, we need to build more, but this algorithm has kind of taken over the rental market and as we've securitized and financialized everything like so much of investment is just being like i've bought a security that's backed by rents rents need to go up three percent every year for my security Mm -hmm. 
But basically, the kind of story of this is, uh, as I mentioned, it's a Texas company, Real Page. They hired this guy, um, Roper, Jeffrey Roper, as its principal scientist in 2004. He came up with the software. In 2017, Real Page bought their only competitor, which is a company called LRO, or Lease Rent Option, uh, which was, like I said, the only other rental um, pricing software. The Department of Justice, they had to review this, but they allowed it to go through. Um, then with the acquisition, uh, quoting from ProPublica, RealPage's influence was burgeoning. That year, the firm's target market, multifamily buildings with five or more units, made up about 19 million of the nation's 45 million rental units. That's as of 2020, about 45 million rental units in the entire United States. A growing share of those buildings were owned by firms backed by Wall Street investors who were among the most eager adopters of pricing software. Uh, by the end of 2020, the firm, RealPage, was reporting in Securities and Exchange Commission filings that its clients used its services and products to manage 19.7 million rental units of all types, including single-family homes. So 45 million rental units, 19.7 million on this software as of 2020. It's about 44% of all rental units in the United States. Uh, the private equity firm uh, Toma Bravo bought the company a few months later for $10.2 billion U.S. dollars. And they talk about somewhere around 2016, according to one trade group, the industry's use of pricing software began to achieve critical mass. Uh, that meaning the more property managers who sign on to RealPage's services, the more data flows into the company. That, in turn, aids its pricing software, which the company says leverages multifamily's largest tr lease transaction database. So they have the largest database in the country of how much people are paying in rent, how many tenants are in what building, and everybody's on the software is getting this algorithm that spits out and essentially coordinates prices, even if they don't meet in person, which apparently they have little forums where landlords can meet in person and just do it the old-fashioned way directly. But it's just this kind of brave new world. And the article talks about, we don't know if the Federal Trade Commission of the United States, which is supposed to you know do something about monopolies and cartels, we don't know if they're actually going to intervene on this. But it's a situation where it seems extremely clear that when you have almost half the landlords in the country all using the same pricing software, all sharing data on rents, and the fact that people housing is very price inelastic, people have nowhere else to go except the street, they're just going to keep raising the rents, you know, 3% every year, 3% every year. Mm -hmm. And we're at this situation where rent is almost doubled in like the decade since 2010 and the last two years since COVID mm -hmm. have been crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's going up even more than it did before. So we're, we're just at this, this very insane situation where no Americans or the vast majority really can't afford their rent without wiping out their savings. And I'm not sure where you go from here except for like revolution or somebody stepping up because well, a few places yeah. pay is going down too right i think like in new orleans like there's like pay has actually gone down for most people mm -hmm. well, not yeah, just like, unemployment oh, but yeah well yeah a lot of a lot of places yeah yeah, yeah. sucks yeah <laughs> and then it's like it's not like homeless people are like happy to be on the street you know yeah so they're all probably glad they're shitting everywhere and sometimes we we step in that's what i would do if i was homeless i mean really all, i guess all you can do is like Steal your groceries, mm -hmm. you know, go in with the t get a baby, get a tote bag, put your stuff in the tote bag, mm. throw the tote bag over your shoulder, grab some expensive milk and go through self-checkout and you have your full tote bag of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, gang. <laughs> it's hard out there. <laughs> Start pimping your wife out on OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans, man, that's looking like the solution right now, right? Yeah. Well, Got to paint my toenails or something. I'll it, figure it if out. If I didn't have such an embarrassing dick, I might set up like an OnlyFans with me and Deb. <laughs> if I didn't have a dick that, that functioned like a fucking 1996 Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. That's the solution. We all join OnlyFans. Yeah, my dick is like a Dell computer. <laughs> From 2001, that had that got a virus, never recovered. <laughs> anyway, boys, any uh, any final thoughts? I know this is I don't know. We we kind of I guess the end was a little bleak, but anything else you want to say? 
No, I mean, the only other thing is just, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, the the concentration of of property ownership has been going up. We know that, mm-hmm. but just to give a statistic, the number of apartments controlled by the country's 50 largest property managers has grown every year for 14 years, according to the National Multifamily Housing Council. Uh, the, these firms, the 50 largest in the country, oversaw about one in every six such apartments nationwide in 2019, uh, by t- uh, which was about 3.6 million units. By 2021, that number had risen to about 4.2 million. So just like the tw- top 50 property owners keep getting more and more, and they're all on the same prop, they're all on the same software, and they are essentially coordinating. So. I guess when people talk about supply and demand and build more housing and all that, they're they're sort of right. But at the end of the day, if there's a plan, if everybody that does own housing is whether they are intentionally there or not part of a cartel through the software, through all using the same software to set their rents, then the only way to fix it is to put a stop to that. Yes, disband that. Right. And you know, there's a range of options. From uh, uh, one proposed by a, a Chinese Christ-like figure some decades <laughs> back uh, to, to, to more modest stuff like rent control and build more public housing and, um, you know, or just yeah. eminent domain existing housing, turn it into public housing. So, you know. Chairman Mao, we know you're up in heaven right now. <laughs> you definitely didn't go to hell. <laughs> it's, it is funny that you can kill 30 million people and still go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i guess that's it for this week guys if you want to you know help me with my moving expenses you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash pod and help uh you know scott and sean as well we do want to thank you for listening um we had a lot of fun doing this episode so uh support us follow us on instagram out for smokes pod um Follow us on social media. Scott Chaplin, Sean McCarthy, Mike Racine. Thank you for spending your uh, weekend or your evening or your commute or whatever. Whatever it is with us, we uh, we like doing the show. And we will see you next week. Uh, bye-bye.